Welcome to More Than Movies. I'm Ivana. And I'm Jay. This week, we're back with a special episode and a special guest. It's another news-heavy deep dive that we're kicking off right now. This just in, last week. Please be advised, the following episode discusses stories that are still developing and contains disturbing content and graphic language that may be too intense for some listeners. It's time to talk about some more developing stories. And I have been dying to talk about these two stories that we're going to get into today with a very special guest, my friend and fellow Eastern European, Sam Jugan. Hi, guys. I'm so excited to join you on the More Than Movies podcast today and talk about something that I have been dying to have a platform to discuss. Oh, we are so stoked to give you that platform (laughs) because I genuinely have no real connection to this topic that we're going to discuss. All right. All right. Before we get there, let's take a minute. Let's introduce everybody to Sam. Sam, what is your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is at Sam Jugan. That is J-U-G-A-N. And I am friends with Ivana. And she asked me to come on this podcast and discuss some pop culture events. And I am ready to go. Ivana, you have the most interesting friends. Like, all of a sudden, you just are like, I got a friend who knows all about this. I got a friend who knows all about that. You just... You meet people in the just the most unlikely places, and I love it. So Sam is a fellow Pittsburgher, Pittsburghian. Pittsburgher. How do we call ourselves? I think I would say Pittsburgher. I think that's the route yeah. I would go. Yeah. And and uh, and she actually works with Blake, who is my significant other, and. Um, Basically, when I heard about the Army Hammer stuff, I went out and told Blake and he was like, oh, yeah, I already know. And I'm like, how the hell do you know? And and it's because you guys are on a chat during work and and all these things come up. And I'm always jealous because I feel like Blake's work chats are so fun. And I wish I was involved in these chats. (laughs) Our work chats, I am obsessed with the Daily Mail, which is disgusting and horrible and terrible journalism. But I get the craziest news from it. So that is basically our safe space to share any ridiculous pop culture news. And to be honest, our work chat is an all hours of the day breaking news cycle. And I think I might actually spend more time talking to Blake and our fellow co-workers more than my significant other, which is terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I, especially because anyone who has to spend that time with Blake it should be terrified where their wow. mind is going. <laughs> wow. He is he is in the building. I can't wait for Blake to listen to this. He's going to love Yeah, it. I can't wait for him to listen to this and to come back to us. All right. So what are we talking about today, Jay? Why don't you tell us a little bit about who we're talking about, even though you know nothing? We're going to talk a little bit about what is going on currently with Army Hammer. And I just want to, he's not a household name. So Army Hammer is one of the twins, well, both of the twins from the he's social such network. He's a household name. I don't think so. He had the opportunity to become a superstar. I think Call Me By Your Name changed that, actually. I was going to say Call Me By Your Name. I, I think housewives do not, like my mom doesn't know who Army Hammer is. So there might be a listener out there who does it. That's all I've said. Well, when I told my mom that I was going to be going on a podcast this weekend to discuss Army Hammer, she was like, oh, that's great. I would love to know more about his cannibalism. So 
<laughs> yeah, I I think that everybody knows who Army Hammer is now. I'm I'm shocked you don't think he's a household name. <laughs> I mean, maybe because of this. I'm just saying before, like just for his movie career, I don't know. Absolutely not. I think this has really solidified him as a household name because we're also going to be talking about Marilyn Manson a little bit too, which Sam has also dived into. Uh, and, and she, you know, she's going to kind of educate me because I don't really understand what's going on with these guys. Uh, Ivana, isn't that right? Like, you just sort of were like, we got to talk about this. Oh, yes. I mean, I, I think, Sam, you are our resident expert. I know a little bit, I think, about what's going on here, but probably not as much as you. And, and Jay, you know basically just top-level news, right? Like Total top-level. Like... Like what Sam said about cannibalism, that's about it. And also have no idea how that actually plays into anything. So this is going to be interesting. So I feel like we are all quite a bit less surprised about the Marilyn Manson allegations because his whole persona is so focused on stretching reality and teetering that line, you know, where he wants to totally. make things. That's part of his art, just being. He it's definitely plays in the BDSM imagery. He is very much likes to portray himself as an intellectual, as a man in charge, as a dominant. Absolutely. He is a professional dom in all aspects of his life. And, and yeah. I, I loved him growing up. Like, I listened to his music. Uh, when I saw him in Bowling for Columbine, I did not expect the person who I saw in that documentary to have the uh, allegations on him now, even though, yes, like, but he's a shock rocker. I'm like, I don't think Gene Simmons uh, goes out and does all this stuff. Like he was in people's faces as well. So I, I you know, I did not necessarily have the same ideas that you guys did. Like, oh, maybe, yeah, that makes sense. I was kind of shocked, but I definitely loved his music growing up which I know a lot of people didn't. I think with Marilyn Manson, and and we'll get into detail with this later, but I think people assumed that it was all an act. And I think yes. that with him, this was a situation where now we're all realizing, oh, you know, believe someone when they show you who they are. And and I think he did. And whereas I think with, with Kiss is a great comparison, but... You know, Gene Simmons, when he showed us who he is in his, like, you know, uh, reality TV show back in, like, the 2000s, he was a family man. He yeah. was a family man who, ha who had a lot of sex and enjoyed women and, like, being in hot tubs. But, like, he is not a guy, when he showed us himself, he was not a dom. He was just a man. So how do we want to start getting into this? I was going to say, I think we should start with Army Hammer because his story is, it came out, I want to say January. It was definitely January 2021, so fresh off the new year. And it was one of those stories where it really stopped people. Like I know that we had a lot of issues in the United States that were really taking front page news. And then Ilaria Baldwin, obviously. And then I think this was almost the next massive story where it's like, oh my gosh, nobody expected it because maybe you're right, Jay. He really wasn't a household name until then. And so what happened? What, 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 what happened? 
news broke, I think, January 10th or 11th. So fresh off the new year. Uh, and I know that we had a, 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 an Instagram uh, handle, House of Effie. So can you tell us, Sam, what happened? How did House of Effie come out? What happened with her? Absolutely. So I don't know if you guys follow House of Effie, but it's really insightful and it really gives you an idea as to how much of a predator Army Hammer really was and how he abused social media and used that as his biggest tactic in all of this. So House of Effie was one of um, Army Hammer's victims, honestly. That's the only other way to put it. Where he referred to his victims as his kittens, so eloquently put. And he had these kittens all over the world, honestly. And he made all of them believe that they were the only person in his life. And they were the person that he was honestly like having an affair with, with his wife, just telling them to wait for the divorce and that this is, they're going to be together. And that's the outline that he put with all of these women. And he used that as a tactic to get his way sexually. And I know I never want to kink shame anybody. I think it is really important to be sexually open and sexually confident and to use communication to get what you want in a lot of ways because that's just how it has to be in a relationship. Yeah, and and also that's the best way you're going to ensure that everyone involved is consenting and is comfortable and and wants to go and explore. And I agree. I think to be clear, none nobody here on our podcast, none of us are kink shaming BDSM or that community in any way. I think that uh, it's pretty clear that in the beginning, people were asking, you know, is this just standard BDSM and are people kink shaming? Like, is this what's going on? Right. And I think that's how you started to realize it's a little bit more than that. And House of Effie, she's one of the victims and she has not really identified herself in any sort of way. And she's staying very much behind the lens, which I think is good because she is the person who broke this news and she is the one who started to show these messages that Army Hammer would send her. So Sam, is it all, when you say social, is it all online? Like, is it a, just a texting oh, back and forth? It is all it's online. Instagram. So, are, are they meeting up though? Or is yes. it literally oh, just yeah. text? So, so what House of Effie alleges is essentially, okay. and she, I mean, she has receipts in the form of these messages back and forth. Um, but what she alleges is essentially that they had been in a relationship for years from 2016. And he's until- married. He's married. Yeah, I remember him being married with children, right? He's married with children the entire time. He is going out and 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 he is actually um, like doing interviews, talking about his great love story with his wife. He is portraying himself in the media as a very left-wing, woke, white man. He looks like a Republican... Winkleboss brother, which is exactly why he got hired on the social network, and that was really what catapulted his career. But in reality, and he is right, like he actually comes from money. He comes from a lot of money, a lot of money, and a silver spoon. Exactly, he grew up like this. He looks like this, but he spoke like a woke, liberal, intelligent white man who um, 
had a beautiful wife who was liberal and intelligent. She's a journalist, a former model. Like, you know, she has a great bakery that gives back to a lot of Texas communities as well. And if you're ever in the Dallas area, Bird Break Bakery makes a great cupcake and cookie. I will plug her business because I feel like this woman did not deserve any of what sort of happened. I think it really took her by surprise that Army has been doing this behind her back. Wow. Okay, so for five years, he is engaged with House of Effie in a relationship both online and offline. And there's some, like to Ivana's point, there's some receipts on some pretty hideous, damning behavior. Absolutely. It gets graphic. House of Effie was very strategic when she broke this news where she had receipts ready. She knew people were going to say, oh, you never had this four-year affair with Army Hammer or you, that you're lying. You want to be famous. Like she's, I believe, a dancer in the UK. So they assume she has some relation to show business. And she was probably going to piggyback on this and just say, hey, like, oh my gosh, this is my big break, having this random hookup with Army Hammer. But whew, the stuff she revealed with the cannibalism, with the idea that he has killed animals and ate their heart warm. It just kept getting worse. Okay, so this is more than just fantasy when he's saying things like, I killed animals. The animal stuff is is part of, was part of hunting. So yes. I, I read a lot of these and I find it interesting that everyone latched onto the cannibalism, the animals and that kind of stuff. I guess like, because it kind of reminds them of like, being sociopath and like wanting to kill someone. That's exactly why I brought it up. For me, I was most interested in a series of text messages um, where basically they came after, there's like this incident during the relationship. Yes. And it was like the turning point incident of the relationship. And I feel like none of the news outlets spent a lot of time talking about that but those were the texts that I thought were like the most interesting I do believe this incident happened when House of Effie reached out to Elizabeth Chambers his wife and said Army and I have been having this relationship it has been it's been something that I wanted to bring up to you and make sure you're aware of and Army found out that she was the one who spoke to his wife about this. And, and what did Army have to say? So what? So first, to go back to the incident for a second, he arranged, uh, and I guess he calls these high-profile nights, um, or at least one of his ex-girlfriends named names and said that's what they're called. Um, and, like, he arranged for some consensual, non-consensual play. Yes. So this is um, in BDSM, Normally, this is done between two people who are extremely trusting of one another and they will pre-arrange to make sure that it's safe. Safe words are always in play, this kind of stuff, which we'll see through the the Army Hammer stuff. He doesn't believe in safe words and we'll get into that a little bit more in a bit. But in this case, he arranged for some consensual, non-consensual play, which is essentially where you act out a rape fantasy between two consenting individuals. It appears as if it is rape because you are role-playing, but it is not. And in fact, the whole thing is very consensual. Right. It's obviously extremely complicated. But if there, if you take the safety out, if you take the safe words out, 
it is no longer BDSM. Exactly. Absolutely. And he, there's a pattern where he ignores safe words because he does not believe in them. Exactly. That, that no longer is a consensual act. How can exactly. you understand if that is or not? So these texts are like, like when you read it, you can really feel her emotions in this because she is basically saying, she's recounting the events of the night and she's trying to tell him how it went down for her. At this moment, she still thinks, you know, like they're in a relationship in that way. And so she's basically like, what happened the other night went too far. So essentially, in her text messages in the aftermath, what you're gathered to believe is basically they engaged in consensual non-consent play. But sometime in during this, uh, it actually moved away from consensual non-consent play into a non-consented arena, at which point it continued and at that point, all those acts were non-consensual because it was too far for House of Effie. That is when things take a turn. And I think that's when it moves from potentially kink shaming to actually predatory behavior. And I think that's where a lot of people are really finding it a difficult spot to separate those two things, predatory behavior and just someone who is interested in a very niche area of sex. And when we're talking about predatory behavior, we mean th to say this is happening to multiple people. Yes, multiple people. Yes. These women all banded together to actually bring him down. Yeah, so basically House of Effie, after this, like she tells him in her text messages, like just so you know, for me, I was actually saying no and you were continuing. And I under, and she kind of in her text has this like, um, subtext to me where I interpret it like her basically saying like I understand it's a very confusing area and I I could be forgiving here but I need to know that you care about my emotional state but he was like so high on this experience and and it and he's gaslighting her like you see him gaslighting her in these texts where she's like it became non-consensual for me do you acknowledge this and he's like we agreed that this was going to be non-consent play. You knew what you were getting into. Like, you know what I mean? Like there was just a lot of that kind of back and forth and her saying, no, it went too far. And you don't know what he did, but he clearly did something. And I think it was probably violent. Um, I get the feeling that he knocked her out at some point and continued to, but like none of this is in the text. So like, no. this is just, you just like, get this sense, okay. but it's not like, I don't want to pretend that that's, on the record that's not anywhere just we know something happens you get the sense it might have been um maybe like violent and then that you know the sexual play continues and at that point on it's no longer consensual and she's trying to explain this to him and explain to him that she for months because it is months later has been having like ptsd from this that she has not been able to get over Actually, because like, let's be honest, what is being said there is that if it's non-consensual, it's rape. So yeah. she's not able to get over the fact that he raped her. And instead of being, of caring about her, he's gaslighting her back in these texts. Like he's trying 
anything and everything. Right. She's a woman. She loves him. They're obviously in a relationship. No matter how he has completely skewed her way of thinking, it someone who loved you raped you. Like that's that's something hard for her to get over, obviously. And she just needs him to know that what he did was wrong and he took advantage of her and she wants him to admit it. And I think the way that he is not admitting to it and putting the blame on her is almost an action where it's obvious he grew up with a silver spoon in his mouth and got his way with everything else in his life. And he is now bringing this into his sexual fantasies. And the mindset is just not okay. You have to realize that no is no always. So from the text that we have, there's never uh, there's never a moment of remorse or how they're going to move forward. No, uh, I mean, obviously all. there may, I, I guess there's not because either if there was, they wouldn't have leaked the text, right? So if these are leaked texts and are they, but they're not leaked, right? She's just like, I have this. You need to understand this is here. Yes. Um, it's is true. Is this the same story with the other women who have come forward that it has gone too far in those cases? House of Effie is like the leader of this whole scenario. She is the one with, who broke these this news and gave the other women that he has done this to the confidence to come forward. And there was another woman that he was in a relationship with. Her name was Paige. And she was 22. So she was young. So he was obviously a scenario where he, I wouldn't say it was grooming, but it was on the cusp of grooming her. And he basically flat out said, I'm going to train you to be my sex slave. You are going to completely abide to all of my rules. And this is the way it is. And he branded her. Like Nixium, like the Keith Rainier scenario on, I don't know if you guys watched The Vow on HBO, but it is the same scenario where he is branding them in a sexual way so that they are marked as his. And this is a 22-year-old yeah. girl. This is sick. And wow. she she actually spoke out about the branding incident in detail uh, in an interview because she's, is she a model or is she a, an athlete? I believe, she's yes. She's definitely like famous, but not like famous, famous. She explains the incident. So they were in the middle of like some sex play where she was tied down and uh, he loved knife play as part of their sexual experience. And then this time he decided to take it to while she's tied down. He just like says, what should I brand you with? Where am I going to brand you? And then he like just plunges the knife into her. And she was just so shocked. She that didn't she even didn't know what to even, do. Yeah. Like she, she explains in the interview that in that moment, she was so surprised that he had a knife, like one, she says it was one inch into her. Imagine like an Imagine. inch. That is like that's a, That's deep into an A and there are pictures of this A. There's, a, the there's pictures of everything. That is the worst part that he made no conscious effort to hide any of this behavior. He was almost proud of it. Yeah, like there are in his Finsta, he legit with his friends, like is proud of everything that he's doing. He would take pictures of him in the bedroom with women and post it on his Finsta account where it would be him in bed with a woman and saying like, oh, this is Miss Cayman Islands because that's where his family is staying during quarantine. And the Cayman Islands government had to come out and say, no, this woman is not Miss Cayman Islands. It is 
wild how public he is making everything. And he's not allowed to see his children and unless he passes a drug test because there is obviously some underlying drug abuse in this situation as well. And it was talking about how if he took I don't remember Ivana. Did DMT. You? Yes. DMT. Yeah. Yes. I it don't would, even know what that is, but it's something. <laughs> it would not be traced in the drug test that his wife or his separate, I think she's still a wife, but his potential ex-wife would make him take so that he could see his kids. He would brag about that on this Instagram account, this burner account. It is insane to me. So what we do know is that Army Hammer after this is, is canceled. Do we know anything from the family uh, th- what's happening now? So I do know Elizabeth Chambers, his ex, his ex-wife. I'm going to say that because they're obviously getting divorced. Yeah. Even if even if they're not actually exes at this moment, they will be. Oh, 100%. She spoke out against this, that she believes these women. She knows them. They have reached out to her. As I've said, House of Effie literally reached out to Elizabeth Chambers and she almost was like, oh, like if this is happening, like I'm not aware of this. She was very politically correct in the way that she was handling all of this. Because I do believe other women came forward and spoke to her about this because he had women everywhere. And she said in her post that she believes women. She believes that this is happening. She is completely shattered as any woman would be that she is married. She was married to someone with this fantasy that she was completely unaware of. And I do believe she really had no idea that this is what he was into. And I think that was the part of the appeal where he wanted to do this with women who weren't his wife. He's talked about that in interviews. So he, yes. it's so funny, actually, like you talk about how shockingly open he was. He has been shockingly open the whole time. So you look back at things that he said like 10 years ago and you're like, whoa. For one example, he talks about like his like you know sexual interests the fact that they're like not very vanilla that he likes crazy things and then he also was in an interview once saying you just can't do that with your wife like a hundred percent the person that you're married to is not the person that you can you know demean because you have to have respect for them once you're raising children so you have already like once you you see you layer these text messages, these pictures, these accounts on top of things he said on the past, you realize it all lines up and it actually paints a very like singular picture. And I think that's where what's so fascinating about the Army Hammer case. You can piece like, everything together. It is so easy yeah. to take all of these little tidbits of his life and make a timeline and understand like he just doesn't care, which is sad. And like he would freely like Instagram or not Instagram, Twitter tweets where it will show you how to like tie women up in the bedroom. This was on his personal Twitter and you can see the stuff that he's doing. He had no shame, no shame at all. He just didn't realize. I think that he set up a life like it seems to me that he set up a life in some ways in a very strategic and smart way. He spoke eloquently in a very woke manner and he chose projects that seemed to be like progressive. He was in the Ruth Bader Ginsburg story on the basis of sex with Felicity Jones and he played her husband. Yeah, I remember that. He, He goes out of his way to choose these very particular roles. He goes out of his way to marry this very like picture-perfect, smart, intelligent, liberal woman, and then secretly, and he and he brags like... But not uh, secretly, Ivana, because that's a part of it. He likes the yeah. tweets. He, he's open that he's not vanilla. That's it. He's bragging he's all about all these things, other things. So that if all... anything comes out, it's like, 
No, no, I've been open about this all along, that that is the kind of uh, interplay that I want and that I seek out. Whoever his PR person exactly. is, I feel like they were so calculated with this too. Like he was so open about everything that he was into. I think they tried to find a way to make sure all of the bases were covered. In case something would come out, yeah. But the difference is that like BDSM and niche areas of sex are great, valid, and consensual. And what he was actually doing, which I'm sure he was not like telling his people exactly the extent of it about it was that he was actually taking that power too far you see that a lot with a lot of the girls that have spoken out where they say you know it starts kind of slow and it just keeps building and and it goes from safe words to let's try no safe words tonight like there's grooming that goes into uh, predatory abusers who do this like again and again and again. And I think that's where almost Marilyn Manson set the tone in that way. Like what he did to Evan Rachel Wood from when she was so young, he is the, honestly, the picture of grooming, what he did to her. That is the scenario where, and I do think a lot of people are aware that he was with her when she was absolutely, like she should not have been with him. So young. Yeah, like she was so they young. got married, I think when she was 18 or 19 they uh he was with her like they came out when she turned 18 which means obviously they started dating when she was still 17 like I cannot that is so hard to think about and he was like in his mid-30s I remember when that happened actually because I remember thinking that's so disgusting I've never understood like I understand once you get older things change and maybe big age gaps don't matter as much but that's when they do. I'm sorry. When you're 18 years old, that age gap fucking matters. Absolutely. What do you have to talk about with someone in their mid- Who's 36? Yes. I don't even know. Honestly, he could be your dad. That's crazy. But the sad thing is about Evan Rachel Wood is whenever I started watching Westworld, the first thing I was like, oh yeah, Evan Rachel Wood used to date Marilyn Manson. That's the first thing I thought about whenever I saw that she was starting starring in the show. That like I put I put her, I think about her with him, and I hate that about myself. But it it's because it was her identity when she was so young. Yeah, it was it was it really was. He really I think hurt her career. She has a great range and she's very talented, and I think he totally tainted her career, Ivana. Like, yeah, I completely agree because her her she came she became into the public eye through him and everyone was like, who is this person who's with this much older like man who is known for being so kinky, you know, he's another one who has just owned it. He wrote books about it. He was so open about it, but it was his Marilyn Manson thing. I read, so I read a timeline, which we will have in the links. So check out, like we'll we'll share a bunch of articles that we all read to kind of get up to speed on this. But so in 98, Marilyn Manson puts out an actual memoir where he talks about like what he's like, what he actually does on set and on tour. And it's fucking disgusting. He's bragging about all the crazy shit he does to women in ways that you're like, what? this is just not, there's more to this story. I cannot believe you're bragging about this. You should be ashamed of it. And part of his assistant's job is to basically coordinate all of the women in his life. Like you're going to go see this person at this apartment or this hotel. And you're going to be with her from this hour to that hour. 
And it, he'd be seeing multiple women in a day too, which is disgusting, in my opinion, at least as a normal human being, but obviously something that he loved. So that was a, you know, that was a power play. That was a, uh, you know, I am king of the world and I can have somebody in the morning and then someone at night and, uh, and, and not, I mean, if these people are young and impressionable and she, to Ivana's point, doing these horribly uh, awful things to that is that is God awful. Uh, where does the non-consent line uh, range with Marilyn Manson? So I read this Reddit post. So this is like completely un- obst- unsubstantiated stuff we're talking about right now. I just want like a lot. I think we should probably take a pause to sort of mention a lot of the things we're talking about are things that, you know, you're finding on the internet yes. and like, there's a lot of questions about are they real? Are they not real? Are they leaks? Are they not leaks? Are they, um, are they just like, you know, anyone can do a Photoshop, like pretend to create texts. Are they real or are they fake? And you then layer that on top of the actual behavior and things that that person says and you sort of get this sense of whether or not these things are true. But each individual story, who knows? And this is one that came from Reddit. So, and it's a Marilyn Manson story that rocked me to my core. Apparently one time he was on tour and he did a show at like a smaller venue in like the country and he convinces this girl who is a fan who's like 17 18 maybe even shouldn't be in this place to like hang out with them afterwards and drink and um at this time he's really into documentary filmmaking behind the scenes and he ends up filming her with him and his bandmates like apparently peeing on her and like doing other things with her all of which is on this video and and the rumor on in the reddit community was like no one wanted to get into or no one could say what exactly happened but we know that peeing and defecation was involved and that she was very young and that um he whipped out the camera and you know like just made it sound like the way that it goes because you kind of see it happen on the video is like him being like no this will be fun just watch and now we'll do this but like the people essentially made it sound like if you were to watch this video which has been lost and apparently only he has and only a few people have seen it and this is what's on it it's like essentially it's very questionable whether that girl had a real opportunity to object to anything that was happening to her from the video camera being put onto her to people peeing on her to the other things that happened to her in the video you just never know like they're very clear that in this video you're never clear that there was ever even consent and the whole thing is videotaped and Avada, i think it's very important that you use the word girl because i have now been making a very conscious effort to not say girl and address people as women this was a girl she was underage she imagine yourself at 16 years old it it's unbelievable to unbelievable in every sense to me that he proudly did this this seems like a uh another similarity in that these uh these men are photographing these incidents and uh i guess keeping them to watch later or who knows who knows um 
But all of these photographs seem to be a non-consensual thing where you're photographing, in this case, underage women, girls. Thank you, Sam. Underage girls. Well, I'm not, we're not sure if she's underage or like 18, but she's very much on that line. Let's. I think a girl is, I would still call myself a girl. Yes, accurate. Girl is accurate. Underage, I don't know that we know that. Okay, so uh, Army Hammer does this to a woman that has been bound and Marilyn Manson has done this to a girl who... Wants to see Marilyn Manson. Who who hasn't had time to process that she's about to be filmed. Right. Yeah, And, and that's just... That's the secret video that apparently is literally video footage of him like raping someone. This is what will incriminate him. This is this video that there are multiple articles that are just saying this video. And this is apparently the one. So so it's not just Reddit. You've read about this video too. I have. I have heard from people in multiple articles. I will try to find them to, to reference. But as I was preparing to chat with you guys about this horrible subject, they're saying that there is so much information out there, video evidence that will absolutely incriminate him. And I know one of those victims, I'm, I can't even say a former girlfriend because Marilyn Manson has victims. She is speaking to the FBI about this scenario too. She's taking wow. this information to the FBI because it is that bad. And she has that much evidence against this man saying how terrible he is and how he has ruined her life in every aspect. And now speaking about one of Marilyn Manson's victims, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the actress, I believe her name is Esme Bianco, and she was in Game of Thrones. He would use video video proof, honestly, about her. It was her in a scene in Game of Thrones where she's in enjoying- Having a, in a yes, sex scene. Yeah, in a sex scene. Yeah. And he would show it to people who would come to his house and say, look at my girlfriend, she is such a slut. I like so video honestly played a played a huge role in Marilyn Manson's sexual advances. In his book, he writes about a meeting the fans or a meet and greet where he would cover fans, young like fans with meat and then have his bandmates like raw meat and then have his bandmates urinate on people like and he called it art and in his book he writes and this is a quote I think she too found it to be art and was having a good time. But I I find that interesting that the statement is I think, meaning that you don't he doesn't even know. Even in his own book he doesn't know if the person that he's engaging in a sexual act with is having a good time, which I feel like is the actual problem. Like at the end of the day, the problem here is that if you are engaging in any sexual play with anyone, any kind, don't care what it is, probably it should be your responsibility to know to the best of your human ability that that other person is having a good time. I feel like that's like baseline, like currency, right? That is right? baseline. Like, that is human decency. Yes. That is absolutely the only, I feel like that is the only expectation in any sexual encounter is that you are both communicating in a way where you are comfortable and you want to have a good time. Yeah. And if someone is like, oh, wait, no longer having a good time, the other one goes, oh, shit. Sorry about that. Let's make sure you're having a good time. (laughs) 
A hundred percent. That's how it should be. That's how it should be. And it doesn't matter what you're doing if that's your baseline. <laughs> like What's also fascinating to me about Marilyn Manson, though, is that women like Dita Von Teese, who he was married to, and I believe his current yeah. wife, they're coming out and saying, oh, we've never experienced this. Is this, again, a wife thing? Like, you wouldn't do this stuff to the person you're married to? But he did with Evan Rachel Wood. Was, were they married or were they just engaged? Oh, maybe they, but either way. I mean, if you're engaged. You're getting married. That's your plan. But that right. was also one of those things where that was a long time ago. I wonder if his mindset changed in this scenario. Dita, Dita Von Teese was before Evan Rachel oh, Wood. Oh, okay. Dita Von Teese at first was silent and she has publicly said things about him that like made people think that, oh shit, like, she was alluding to the abuse too. And then after Rachel Evan Wood came out, she did her own statement and she said, no, I was not abused, but I believe women. So I just want to be clear. She's not like defending him. She's just saying she herself does not want to be identified as an as a person who was abused. Now, what I also find fascinating about this whole scenario is that Rose McGowan, he was with Rose McGowan, who was one of the people who brought yes. down... Harvey Weinstein. Yes. it's It all comes back to Harvey Weinstein. I swear, this man, it's, he, he started the, he obviously started this trend, but it all goes back to him. This trend of women feeling comfortable to speak out because of horrible men, male behavior, it, it it's a Harvey. It's Harvey. Yeah. And Har Harvey, like that, it's interesting, like, this is a different level of speaking out because in Harvey's time, it was pretty clear he was like raping people, but like. In these situations, the armies and the Mansons, they start with consenting partners and then they take that consent and abuse it and abuse it and abuse it and push boundaries and push boundaries and push boundaries until at the end, on the other side, you're no longer in an area of consent. And I think that's the big difference. Like that's why probably it took longer for this to come out because if I was Evan Rachel Wood, it would be... As a, as a person who would have engaged through that, probably takes longer to like get your head around it. I even understand what happened to you. So imagine, she has had to have made so much progress in her mental state to feel strong enough to talk about this. So we've talked about the wives, we've talked about the photographs, we've talked about the secrecy, and also we've talked about that they both seem to be open with it. Manson in a book, army on twitter are there any other comparisons that we we can find in this predatory behavior between army and manson i think it's the fact that they're both technically artists any way you look at it i think they have a mindset where they can almost bend the norms because they're technically artists and i think in a way that almost gives them some freedom in their mind i don't know this i have not i'm not someone who has done these things, but I think in their mind, I think it is something where they're able to think more abstractly and justify some of their actions internally. But that's just my opinion in a way. That's not, I don't know these things, but I do know artists, and you guys know that, you're so involved in the entertainment industry and you talk about this all the time. Art is abstract and that sometimes enters our everyday lives. And it's just one of those things where you have to use your proper judgment and you have to think about other people's feelings. Uh, when we're talking about artists, I I have to wonder how many more 
stories like this are going to come out before there is real change and accountability in this industry. Absolutely. And it's communication. I think everything comes down to communication. I have a feeling, I mean, look, uh, I think we're going to see more come out probably before this is done and before people are ready. The one thing that I think is kind of cool about this stuff coming out in 2021 is everyone I ever see talking about this is careful not to kink shame and everyone is sort of like there's nothing wrong with BDSM there's nothing wrong with people who engage in these acts as long as it's safe and everyone is consenting and it's actually within the confines like I think look there's a lot of rules if you're in involved in in sort of like these niche areas of sex and I think they're there for a reason right they keep everyone safe it's kind of like there's a lot of rules on on a film set and a lot of union rules and a lot of things like that and and those rules are in place to keep people safe and as long as everyone plays by the rules we're good and I think you're right like artists sometimes have to push boundaries and play with rules and what's interesting is like when you work in the arts, sometimes you need to explore really horrible places to create in something order beautiful. to tell, yeah, some really beautiful stories. Like, you have to show that hardship. You have to be okay with the hardship. But again, when you're making these films, there are rules. You're bound by a script. You're on a set. There are in rules of engagement. And I think, um, honestly, I don't think... Th- I I can't give them any latitude as artists. I think they hid behind that as an excuse. I think I think what actually was really happening is these people were loving the power. I think maybe what they were actually sexually attracted to was the power of of crossing boundaries and getting away with it. Um I think that that's a real thing. Now, the women I do not believe are at fault at all, but I do think that this trend that has been happening in Hollywood is also going to impact everyday women who do have sexual partners to speak up and to be confident in their boundaries. And I think that is something that is going to help in the future where our kids and our nieces, our nephews are going to be in a different environment and they're not going to see as many stories because we are going to learn how to be assertive and to put our foot down if we are in an unsafe situation I think like I'm hopeful I don't know but I hope that you know younger generations kids who are like 10 or 15 or 20 whatever that they were taught consent so that they don't have to face these problems I mean I think abusers are going to exist everywhere there's always some small proportion of society that are filled of like abuser abusive people and the only thing that we can hope is that society is ready to listen to the people who are experiencing the abuse I I think that's that's the thing that hopefully will change hopefully as you said people are going to feel more empowered and that and and hopefully like people will realize like oh it's not as cut and dry as they were in a relationship. It, it Consent is a constantly fluid thing that is always exchanged between people at any given moment. There's no relationship status that exempts you from shitty behavior. There's no power dynamic that you can give away. Consent always has to be present within partners. So I have a question for you guys. 
Do you think that this is it for both of them? Or do you, like, do you think that it's irreversible in the sense that I believe um, Weinstein and like certain other people, it's irreversible, there's no coming back? Is this irreversible? Or are these people going to be able to come back and, and have a career? Ivana, I was actually just thinking about this. I actually feel like Army Hammer's career is so fresh that he is going to be canceled and it's going to be like that for him. But in a way, Marilyn Manson has been such a an icon for so many years. I'm not sure what's going to happen because he, he's a household name. I think Army Hammer is less of a household name than Marilyn Manson. I think everybody knows who he is. I would agree with so I think it's going to be interesting to see how his career plays out. But I also feel like he's so much less relevant to the today. Like who, if you're 20, have you ever heard of Marilyn Manson before all this stuff came out about him? I don't think so. I think Army Hammer really did inspire so many homosexual teenagers and young adults too with Call Me By Your Name. So this is, it is going to be fascinating to see how this plays out. Now, both have been dropped by their agents, yep. their PR reps, their every, they both are like totally like gone from the planet right now. I, I think it's over. I personally do not think either of them, except I, I do agree that the Marilyn Manson thing I think is funny because on Reddit, I see so many people defending him. It's wild. And I hope they're both canceled for the sake of the people that they have so deeply harmed and shaken to their cores. Sam, thank you so, so much for breaking this. Like I said, I barely knew anything about this coming in. I know Ivana wanted to talk about it, and I'm so grateful that you were able to come onto the podcast and really dive into what is happening uh, with these two stories. Guys, it has been a pleasure. I have loved having this platform to discuss something that I feel so strongly of. I believe that women should feel safe to discuss this horrible problem. And I mean, it is just the timeline and how quickly these two stories happened in tandem. It is just one of those things where you have to talk about it. You do. And you got to make sure it is known. And if you're listening to more of the movies today and you're wondering why, why are they doing this deep dive? It's exactly that reason, Sam. We're trying to give a platform to this issue so that more conversations can happen. And that is the only thing we can do to make sure it doesn't happen in the future. I hope that uh, in the future, Sam, you're going to be willing to come back and talk about the next big Hollywood scandal. And I also hope that that next big ho Hollywood scandal is more like light and fluffy and less abuse ridden. Thank you guys. I loved being on and I cannot wait to come back again. And that's the show. Thanks for listening. Be sure to tune in again next time. If you'd like to support the show, you can hop onto your favorite podcast service and subscribe. And if you're really feeling generous, please give us a quick rating and review. Our intro song comes from bensound.com and we encourage you to check out our show notes for more information about our music, our talented voice actors, and sound effects. Jay and I love hearing from you, so we built a website, morethemovies.net. But in case you hate websites, you can email us at hello at morethemovies.net. Or find us on Facebook, More The Movies Podcast. Or catch either one of us on Twitter directly. I'm at Jester J. I'm at It's Ivana. Thanks again for spending some time with us. We'll be... The worst outro ever. Should we just redo it?
<laughs> oh my god thanks again for spending some time with us we'll be back in two weeks with an all new episode until next time friends do more and watch more alright terrible that cost two minutes and 48 seconds how is that even possible we've been doing this for eight years <laughs>